0: Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. You'll remember last week was kind of a downer. We talked about this darn book, Dr. Solomon Katz's Beauty as a State of Being. And if you'll remember, I told you all of the many many nearly inexhaustible ways that our brain will play tricks on us and cause us to just have a miserable time. You folks are very kind to not just walk out on me. And I remember I even assigned you a little bit of homework just to make it worse, just to top off the Sunday. Um, I asked you if you would throughout the day. In fact, some of you I know actually set your uh, Your wristwatches and your phones to remind you maybe once an hour or maybe once a half an hour to zero in on what you're actually thinking in that moment. And the the challenge was, well, am I thinking about what's going on right in front of me? Or instead, am I kind of worried and ruminating about things that happened last week or 50 years ago? Or am I spinning my wheels, maybe worrying about uh, what's going to happen? What might happen? What should happen? What I hope will happen? And so that, if you'll remember, was your, your homework last week, and we're actually going to continue that homework. I'm getting all the bad stuff off, off the table <laughs> right at the get-go, and, and then we'll start having some more fun. I'm going to ask you to continue that, and, and I'll, uh, I'll explain in a little minute. But I think where I want to really start today, of course, is the joke. And for reasons that you will discover shortly, it's a joke about horses, So standing beside a valiant stallion, a young man decides he must ride this proud animal despite having no previous riding experience. Soon he finds himself atop the horse's back, galloping through a lush green meadow. He hoops and hollers at the unexpected sense of freedom The horse suddenly picks up speed and he finds himself euphoric over the wild abandon he's experiencing. Will he take flight? Will he ride forever? Once again, the magnificent beast picks up more speed. This time, the rider's inexperience begins to get the better of him. He finds himself barely able to hang on. The startled horse is now in a dead run, pitching uncontrollably forward. The young man slides to one side, finds himself hanging off the side of the horse itself, his head just inches from the ground, catastrophe in seconds. He begins to frantically scream for help when all of a sudden, Frank, the Walmart doorman, unplugs the ride. I can actually kind of remember that. (laughs) So, horses, the reason this joke is actually important today is we have all had cases exactly like that with our thinking, where the combination of our emotions and our thought patterns took us off on a gallop that was not easily resolved. In fact, I remember, uh, gosh, it's about... uh, maybe 12 years ago, and yet I can remember it with such clarity that words like nefarious come immediately into my mind. It was a simple statement made by my ex. Well, he wasn't an ex at the time, but uh, but soon to be my ex. He made a simple statement. I'm not even going to share it with you. But let me tell you, my emotions in my mind were running for two months over that one, over a simple statement that wasn't even true this is the horse just let out of the stable with no direction in mind my mind just running circles around me worried about what was going to happen what had already happened me trying to replay all kinds of incidents that had already happened and me projecting some of the negativity that i uh, saw in, in evidence forward right Have we not all been truly at the mercy of our runaway minds before? This, Solomon Katz from our book says, is something very natural to happen to the untrained mind. Just like our our young uh, horse rider uh, not knowing what to experience on the back of that dime store horse. So when we allow our minds and our emotions to run unfettered without the basics of training, we can expect to have situations like that, when our brain just runs amok. And what we know in the science of mind is that when our mind runs amok, especially when we dwell on the negative side of our thinking, what can we expect? We can expect more of the same. Our minds are like magnets. And so when it does run free, when we are stuck on one of those uh, kind of roller coaster mental and emotional uh, uh, rides that we take now and then, what we can expect, and in fact what we should expect, is even more and perhaps even worse we're simply planting that seed further that my life is a mess, that my relationships are bad, that work is hard. You know, you, you name where the horse galloped off to, but you can expect that what you're doing is planting that seed, that belief about yourself, about your conditions, even further into that divine creative process, and we can expect more of it. Now, I want to suggest... If you've been hanging out here for more than a few times, you even already know that. And yet, the horse is still out of the stall. And so part of your homework this week is to ask yourself why. Now this might be a contemplation exercise, maybe it's a journaling exercise, but I would like to think that we can actually make some improvement in this area, that we honestly and truly will begin watching what we're thinking and showing some direction in it, showing showing some moderation in it. And I think the first place is just to recognize that we do it, that even though we maybe know thinking more on the positive side would be good for us, nonetheless, Something happens, someone says something, someone does something, whether it's at work or in a personal relationship, and off we go. I want you to question that. First of all, are you getting something out of it? Because very often we are unwilling to give up thought patterns when we have an investment in them. And let me play a couple maybe touchy thoughts out for you to see if maybe the reason you're letting out the horse out of the barn to run free is because you like it that way. If you see yourself as the scorned person, right, standing in your dignity as the one that has been scorned, that has been treated poorly, can you see how that might allow you to to have some oomph And the more I play that idea of how he or she did me wrong, how he or she was rotten to me, how how he or she said the things that no one should say, I can just stand taller and more proud. And can you imagine a kind of sick, idealized way of being, right? I'm here to say we have to be willing to give up what we get out of our negative thinking if we're going to move forward. Another one uh, that I think is really common in people in the in the uh, in our places of employment are, well, I'm the new person, so of course I'm going to make mistakes. I'm I'm the one with less seniority, so I'll let other people uh take care of the office politics. I'm I'm the person who maybe isn't as skilled or well trained, and so I will just sit at my desk and suffer in silence because I know that that's basically as the new person or the undereducated person or as the lesser trained person all I'm capable of and all I should have. Just suck it up, Larry. Life sucks. <laughs> there comes a time when we have to put our feigned virtuousness aside, our, our uh, ability to see ourselves small, though... We may have got something out of that in the past. There may have been safety in playing it small. There may have been safety in being the wounded one. We have to be willing to give that up. If we are going to expect a larger life, if we are going to usher in greater happiness and joy, if we are going to begin controlling that horse that wants to run ahead in the midst of the emotional morass that we find ourselves are, First of all, we have to notice we're doing it and we have to be willing to give up anything that we might have perceived as good in it. That's the, whoa, we're back to horses again. <laughs> Dr. Katz Dr. says the first thing you have to do after you've recognized you're doing that, oh my God, here I am again. I'm playing that darn violin. Here I am again showing myself, highlighting myself as the, the wounded one or the ugly one or the inferior one or, or the one with the bad luck or the, the injured one or the troublesome one. I have to be willing to first of all notice that when I'm stuck in that cycle. And I think you know, I think we intuitively do know when our thought patterns have swayed over to the negative, we may not be used to interrupting it. But I think we can spot it. We can start feeling, oh my gosh, I certainly got up on the wrong side of the bed today, right? Uh, Oh my gosh, what a blankety-blank attitude (laughs) I have today, right? I think there's a part of us that knows we're doing it. And what you need to know is you have the power to stop it. You have the ability to say, whoa, I'm going to choose something different here. Now, we're not used to doing this, right? One of the things I loved about the Daniel Naimod song that they sung was we can choose love. We can be having a terrible day, and we can choose love. We're not used to doing that. It doesn't always seem natural to us, especially at first, this idea of training our emotions and training our thoughts. But we actually have those powers. We absolutely have those powers. And the place, of course, is stopping the negative thinking in order to do a reversal. So there are a couple things that Solomon Katz says we need to be aware of. First is, it's natural for the horse to want to run out of the barn. It's natural for our emotions to spring to life, and then it's natural for us to back up those emotions with thought processes that are not necessarily wholesome. What isn't natural, though, is for us to just stay with that negative train of thought for days and weeks and months. What isn't natural is for us to hold on to that negativity and actually internalize it to the point where we start thinking of ourselves as some kind of a negative force or some person who deserves to be treated badly. That's where we have to put a stop to it. The first is that awareness of, wait a minute, why am I obsessing over this thing that she said? Wait a minute. Why am I worried about what's going to happen in that job interview? Wait a minute. Why, why have I been thinking now for three days about this telephone conversation? So when you find yourselves in those places, first of all, whoa, stop. Put a stop to it. Do what you need. The other thing that Dr. Katz says, though, that is also natural, and this is backed up by the latest uh, research in brain science, is that our mind is also just littered with negative thoughts. It's natural. And in fact, brain science says that our ability to access negative thoughts is three times easier than accessing positive ones. It's just part of the way our brain chemistry happens. When we have a negative thing happen to us, it's actually laid down physically in the neurons of our brain in a way that's three times easier to recall later than a similar positive experience. So what tends to happen, right, if something ambiguous comes your way, something that could be interpreted as either positive or negative, guess where our mind goes? We with a, a one to three ratio will typically attach it to something that's potentially negative. So when we need a, meet a new person, we're more apt to say, oh my gosh, she reminds me of person X, who I had a negative experience with, rather than she reminds me of person Y, that I had a positive experience. So you just need to know, That's the way, literally, that our brain tends to work. Even though uh, an equal number of positive and negative things are in our brains, the access to them tends to be on the negative side. And so when you find yourself ruminating on something negative, worried that something negative is going to happen in the future, let me remind yourself, chances are three to one That's not true, based even on your own experiences. You have just forgotten the positive possibilities in the midst of the easily recallable negative ones. Now, how much you use that? First of all, when you stop, right? So we've gotten to that place where we're worried about something or we're ruminating about something negative. We've stopped. Start asking yourself questions is this really true? Is it really likely that because my daughter is out after 10 o'clock at night that she'll be in a car wreck within 20 minutes and that I'll be up all night and need to call all the hospitals? And, is this really likely? I mean, I, I realize I've heard about that one case where that happened, but am I forgetting the three cases where, of course, I trust my daughter and she's just a little late? Now is there any advantage in me being worried sick or could I perhaps more rationally just start plotting my revenge? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, right? But, but let's not go to the negative of what might have happened. Instead, what really would be more productive? What would really be more productive is I need to have a little talk with her when she gets in. Uh, about how we work our family affairs, right, so instead of going to the native, oh my God, you know we're preparing for the memorial service, <laughs> which people do people absolutely do i'm I'm hardly even exaggerating that one, right uh, ha- Have you all heard of the the phenomenon called catastrophizing? Yes. This is really common and real for people. One little thing will set in their mind up a chain of events that ends in an utter catastrophe. And then our mind will play that out in all of its variations over and over again. This is terribly dangerous to us. It's terribly damaging to our own sense of being and our own potential for, for enjoying life and equally dangerous and uh, destructive for the people around us who get caught up in our crazy thinking patterns. So first of all, we do the woe. we slow down, and we begin thinking, wait a minute, what if everything works out right? Rather than what if everything goes wrong, what if everything goes right? What if she's out uh, uh, sensibly after 10 o'clock helping a friend who had too much to drink and so she's doing the appropriate thing and driving them home and that's why she's late, right? Why don't we think about some of the positive what-ifs instead of the negative ones when we catch ourselves worrying about what's going to happen in that job interview Remember that your mind works such, it's remembering the one job interview you had when you were 22 that went so horribly. But what about all the other ones that you had where you got the job and it was fabulous? Remember that one to three ratio. You are stacking the deck against yourself if you automatically associate a negative memory with something unknown in the future. Let us go with a more positive outcome instead. The other technique that Dr. Katz talks about, uh, so first there's the whoa Nelly approach. Let's stop the crazy thinking. But he also said another valid approach is look at the nice apples horsey. That one is distraction. If you can't woe to the horse, If you can't actually shut down your runaway thinking, maybe you can distract it. And so there is absolutely no harm in putting in reruns of The Closer to get your mind off of something that's troubling you. You're not apt to get anywhere positive just by ruminating about something bad that happened or worried about the future. It would actually be much better for you to simply read a lighthearted novel. In fact, that's the recommendation from the book, is just to, to find something that you would like to read, something nice on television, reorient your thinking into the discipline of reading and something positive, just to interrupt the thinking. Now, there is a caution here, and I want to throw it out. Uh, Guess what one of the number one distractions in America is? Drinking. Drinking, yeah. Yeah. Whole 12 steps have been (laughs) (laughs) created around some of the popular forms of distraction. The other one's overeating. The other one is eating. And so I do want to warn you, If you find yourself needing to distract yourself frequently and repeatedly, it means there is unresolved issues that need to be worked out. It's not just a matter of changing your thinking. There are probably also things in the world that need to be taken care of. And that's when you want to call a practitioner. That's when you want to seek out uh, some help. That's when you want to make sure that you're getting off your chest, what needs to be off your chest, right? We're not just burying it through the process of distraction. But I will tell you, distraction is better than just negative thinking. It's better to pull out a book, a crazy movie. The other day, uh, Daniel and I had gotten some bad news, and, and we, were, we were in that position of having got up on the wrong side of the bed. Let me just tell you uh, that way. And, and I had noticed we were even being short with each other a little bit, which almost never happens. Uh, my smart Daniel put on disco music. Now, it's not my favorite music, but I got to tell you, when Saturday Night Fever is on, you're like, it's like, uh, you can't help yourself, right? It's like in about 20, exactly, thank you, in about 20 minutes, we were dancing. You have the power to change your thinking. You have the power to change your mood. You know what would turn the corner, it's like, put on a Pixar movie. Hello? Can you really be grumpy and awful when you're in the midst of, of reading something you like, watching something that's motivational, enjoying something that has a sweet beat to it? It's like you'd have to work at being grumpy. So I want to just go over quickly some of the things we've covered today. First of all, we have a couple techniques. When rumination or worry has you stuck, we know it's dangerous. We know it's bad for you. It leads to overreacting. It leads to catastrophizing. It leads to you highlighting and seeing more of exactly what you don't want in your life. So first of all, we employ the stop method, the woe Nelly, if you will, back into our, uh, our, our horse teachings for today. What can you do to stop that train of thought, that runaway horse that's filled with a lot of emotional volatility and the power to just do disaster out in your own life? What do you need to do? What can you do to stop it? If you can stop it and begin replacing it with something more positive, if you can play the what-if-everything-goes-well game, if you can say to yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, I know my mind, just the way that it works, is apt to seize on the negative. What could I choose to feel instead? What could I choose to believe instead? What parts of my memory could I judge up that would actually prove this situation could be positive, could at least have a neutral outcome? So that's the woe. The next part is, wow, look at the nice apples, (laughs) right? You're, you're, You're not gonna maybe manage to slow the horse down completely, But maybe you can point the horse to a distraction. Maybe you can interest yourself into getting into work more. Maybe you can interest yourself into watching an old movie that you know is enjoyable and fun. Maybe you can uh, phone your daughter up and see if you can have the grandkids for the weekend, right? There are any number of pleasurable things that you know about yourself that can get you out of a negative train of thought. Now, again, remember the caveat, though. Uh, Could this be covering up something that really is an issue that needs to be worked on? So if that's true, let's not dwell in that redirection for too long right? The idea is, no, it's going to get me out of ruminating. Uh, That's not a solution if there's a true problem that needs to be worked on. If you need help with that, of course, practitioners, um, our ministerial staff is here to help you. Okay, are we good with that? All right, a quick recap on homework, and then we're going to do a a closing quote. So, uh, similar to last week, I would like you to begin noticing, and now perhaps replacing, or at least stopping, some of your negative thought trains. And if, you, if you're willing to use a little timer uh, for once an hour, once a half hour, if you're willing to use your phone as a reminder system, because often we're not really aware of what we're thinking. Most of us, unless we've had a little training in this, just don't pay any attention to what we're thinking until we're getting kind of desperate. I mean, if you notice yourself at 2 a.m. unable to go to sleep, it's like, well, hello, (laughs) I'm ruminating, oh my gosh. Uh, But typically we do that many times throughout the day and don't even notice it. So uh, if you can, uh, set a little reminder for yourself, what am I thinking right now? Am I worried about something? Am I thinking about something negative that happened yesterday and kind of replaying it over and over in my head? If the answer is yes, you have two techniques distraction, whoa, you know, stop it, I'll replace it. Uh, but the idea is we want to interrupt as many of those thought processes as we can. We want to derail the constant negative stream going on in our heads, we want to derail that replace it with something more positive if we can, stop it all together uh, if we can. So I'm going to close today with a, a quote, and uh, it was interesting. I had a, a lovely quote picked out of the book, uh, but I remembered a quote I had read in the Science of Mind magazine. and I wanted to, to share a quote uh, from Ernest Holmes on the same subject. Uh, and so Ernest Holmes in the Science of Mind magazine says, "As we turn in thought to infinite spirit as our source, and the only source of our lives, and we know it to be good and perfect, and we know that it expresses itself as goodness and perfection in us, we're turning our thoughts away from whatever appearances may be. As we turn our thoughts away from negative appearances, there is nothing to support or sustain them. As we continuously affirm the positive and that which is good, we're automatically eliminating the negative and the undesirable. There is no necessity for any negative condition to exist within our minds or bodies. And I I want to read this one again. There is no necessity for any negative condition to exist within our minds or our bodies other than what we ourselves dwell on. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. As they say, there is perfect God I claim today that there is also perfect humanity, that we are made in God's image, and therefore the the kingdom of heaven is available to each one of us right here and right now. And so for each person here, each person within the hearing of my voice, I know that there is good for us as our thoughts tend towards goodness, that there is joy for us as we pick up the joyful song, that there is love in our hearts as we recognize it as we accept it, as we choose it. And so for each of us, I know there's a willingness to begin monitoring our thoughts more, a willingness perhaps to begin editing those thoughts, recognizing the way our brain works, understanding that we have the power to search out those positive experiences to begin halting our uh, dwelling upon the negative and instead replacing it with that's what we, that which we desire to think, that which will bring us greater joy and greater peace. And so for this, I'm grateful. For this, I recognize in God that ability to live joyously always. And so in great gratitude, I release this prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself, That law that says yes, that law that says yes, my beloved. I let it be. And together we say, and And so it it is. is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you're here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.